This is a podcast from Minute Media. Good afternoon, evening, or morning. This is your old Uncle Mosh with Raiders Fan Radio, and you are in for a treat. Sit back and get ready to listen to one of the most insanely knowledgeable people you will ever meet talk about our beloved Raiders. Another episode coming your way of Silver and Black Flashback by Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia. Thank you so much, Uncle Mosh, for that awesome intro. And as always, thanks so much to my man Murph, the best damn host of any Raiders podcast. You, Uncle Mosh, and Swag Jeff stand alone as the best in the business. I am so proud to be a part of this network and proud as hell to be a part of a show that continues to help out so many through the One Nation Foundation that benefits Raiders-related charities. Much respect, guys. You truly represent our Raiders' mottos of commitment to excellence and pride and poise. And thanks to you, Raider Nation, for once again tuning in to Silver and Black Flashback, a show dedicated to the incredible people and moments that helped create the awesome history of our beloved Raiders. So let's get to it, Raider Nation, on this, the 36th episode of Silver and Black Flashback. And this time, we are going back to December of 1963 for one of the first of many incredible games throughout our history. Now, the Raiders' first three seasons were, well, let's put it simply, they were just pure crap. Let's face it, folks, a combined record of 9-33 from 1960 through 1962 can easily back that statement up. But then all that changed in January of 1963 when Al Davis became head coach and he completely turned the Raiders around from being the tormented to being the tormentors. His turnaround from a 1-12 finish in 1962 to a 10-4 record in just his first year as head coach remains the greatest turnaround in professional football history. And for more of an in-depth look into how Al Davis made such an immediate impact, check out Episode 6 of Flashback, titled The Raiders' Outlaw Image. But on this episode, we are going to focus on the Raiders' final game of the 1963 season, when they took on the powerhouse of the American Football League's first few seasons, the Houston Oilers, and through an amazing 60 minutes of record-breaking action, They exploded for 52 points to record their 10th victory of the year, the first of 20 times heading into the 2022 season that the Raiders finished with 10 or more wins in a single season. And you know damn well, Raider Nation, that there's going to be a lot more 10-plus victory seasons in our future. Am I right? Hell yes, I am. The Houston Oilers were the alpha dogs of the AFL's early years, finishing with a combined record of 31-10-1, from 1960 through 1962, and they won three straight Eastern Division titles and two league championships in 1960 and 1961. During those first three seasons, the Oilers defeated the Raiders five out of six times. But that all changed very quickly in 1963, as the Oilers started off losing to the Raiders 35-13 to in the season opener, but they still managed to hang in there until the end of the year when a four-game losing streak saw them finish one and a half games behind the Boston Patriots and Buffalo Bills in the Eastern Division. 
After their overwhelming victory over the Oilers on opening day, the Raiders beat Buffalo before going on a four-game losing streak. But after an October 11th loss to the Patriots, the Raiders did not know what a loss looked like heading into their season finale against Houston as they were riding a seven-game winning streak. On Sunday, December 22, 1963, one month after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, the Raiders and Oilers played in front of a crowd of 17,401 inside Frank Ewell Field on an Oakland afternoon with temperatures at 46 degrees. The Raiders started off the scoring after Houston's first offensive series failed to advance the ball. Claude Hoot Gibson received the fourth down punt on the Oakland 31, and within a few seconds, he was in the Houston end zone for his second punt return touchdown of the season. On the return, Gibson shot up the middle of the field and was only touched by one defender who caused him to stumble a bit before he regained his balance. Mike Mercer's extra point gave the Raiders a quick 7-0 lead. The Raider faithful had very little time to celebrate Gibson's amazing return before George Blanda even the score at 7-7. And yes, it is the same George Blanda that would work his magic in a Raiders uniform within a few years. However, at this time, he was an opponent, and quite a tough one at that. A four-yard pass from Blanda to Charlie Hennigan, coupled with Blanda's conversion kick, tied the game at 7-7. And on the strength of Blanda's right arm, the Oilers marched down the field and took the lead on a two-yard run by tough running back Dave Smith. Blanda's second extra point kick gave Houston a 14-7 advantage heading into the second quarter. It was then on to a second quarter for the ages, folks, as both teams combined for 49 points over a span of 15 minutes to take this game into the halftime break tied at 35-35. Now, the American Football League was known for exciting, high-scoring affairs and this game definitely helped the league live up to that reputation. The Oilers looked like they were going to open up a commanding lead when they scored their 21st straight point to take a 21-7 lead. Blanda once again came through, this time with a 12-yard scoring strike to Willard Duvall, which was followed by his third conversion kick of the game. It was then time for Tom, the Iceman Flores, to rise up. Long before he became a Hall of Fame coach for the Raiders, Tom Flores was the team's star quarterback, and this game showed why he was a star. On the power of Flores's right arm, the Raiders evened the game up at 21-21. First, he connected with Ken Herrick on a touchdown from seven yards out. Flores then quickly found star running back Clem Daniels a short time later on a 56-yard pass and catch for another touchdown on a play that Flores called an audible on at the line of scrimmage. Flores had a feeling that the play would work, and he was right. Mike Mercer added both extra points to bring the game to a 21-21 tie. Now, not to be outdone, George Blanda roared back with a 25-yard touchdown pass to Dave Smith, and his fourth extra point of the game made it a 28-21 Houston advantage. Damn, folks, this is getting hard to keep up with, don't you think? But there was still more scoring to talk about, so let's get on with it. Flores noticed that Houston was in a one-on-one -on -one coverage with his star wide receiver Art Powell and looked to capitalize on it. From the Oakland 19, Flores sent Powell deep into the secondary and threw a bomb that connected with him on the Houston 31. Powell made a perfect catch and went into the end zone to complete the 81-yard touchdown. Mercer's fourth conversion kick of the game 
brought the game to a 28-28 tie with the second quarter ticking away. At this stage of the second quarter, Houston head coach Pop Ivey told George Blanda to run time off the clock with running plays and short passes to possibly tire out the Raider defense and keep the Raiders' offense off the field. The plan worked as Blanda got the Oilers to the Oakland 1 before too long, and Charlie Toller blasted over into the end zone, and following another Blanda conversion kick, the Oilers were up 35-28 to with 1 minute and 9 seconds left in the first half. Now this was way too much time left in a game like this, and our Raiders answered the challenge. Three Tom Flores passes got the Raiders to the Houston 20, and then, with six seconds remaining in the first half, Art Powell faked out defender Freddie Glick and caught a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. And good old Mike Mercer once again booted the extra point, his fifth of the game, to bring the first half to a close, knotted at 35-35. to As the teams were walking off the field toward their locker rooms, George Blanda displayed some of his fiery personality by complaining that his team scored 35 points and they were only tied with the Raiders. Curse words flew out of his mouth at a steady pace for anyone that wanted to listen, as he was more than displeased about what was going on. And finally, folks, the first half is over. Could you imagine the official scorer and announcers for this game? It's a good bet that they relaxed with an adult cocktail after this game was over, or possibly even took a nap. But hey, guess what? This game was far from over. And another 30 minutes still remained. So let's get at it, Raider Nation. Early in the third quarter, the Raiders took their first lead since the first quarter. First off, Clem Daniels ran for a gain of 27 yards down to the Houston 35. A holding penalty then moved the Raiders back to the 45 before Flores connected on a pass to guess who? Art Powell between two defenders for the touchdown. Mercer added the extra point and the Raiders were now up 42-35. to 35. And at this point, I bet George Blander was cursing even more on the Houston sideline. But he wasted little time getting the game tied up once again. In four plays, Blanda took the Oilers to the Oakland 26, and then connected with Willard Duvall for the pair's second touchdown combination of the game, this time from 26 yards out. Blanda's extra point kick followed to make it 42-42 with 7 minutes and 4 seconds remaining in the third quarter. The Houston defense forced the Raiders to punt, and with 2 minutes and 22 seconds left in the third quarter, Blanda threw his fifth touchdown pass of the day, a 21-yarder to Bob McLeod, and then added his seventh conversion kick to make it a 49-42 Houston advantage heading into the fourth quarter. In addition to his five touchdown passes and seven extra point kicks, Blanda completed 20 of 32 pass attempts for 342 yards. Blanda and Flores then exchanged interceptions. Bobby Jancic snagged one off Flores in the end zone, and Archie Matzos got one off of a pressured Blanda that gave the Raiders excellent field position on the Houston 24. With 11.39 left in the game, Art Powell caught an out pass from Flores near the 10-yard line, stumbled, but then regained his footing and led three defenders into the end zone to complete a 23-yard touchdown reception. This was Powell's fourth touchdown reception of the game and Flores' sixth touchdown pass. Following Mercer's seventh conversion kick of the game, it was once again tied at 49-49. 
This was a classic, whoever has the ball last will win AFL game, and that is what happened. The Oakland defense played tough from this point on. Claude Gibson intercepted a pass on the goal line, and this was his second interception of the game, and it gave the Raiders possession on their own 20 to start a drive. Eating up a good amount of time, Oakland drove to the Houston 32 before stalling. But Mike Mercer then sent a 39-yard field goal attempt through the uprights to give the Raiders a 52-49 lead with 4 minutes and 37 seconds still showing on the clock. The fate of the Raiders was then turned over to the Oakland defense. John Jelasek forced a Blanda fumble that was recovered by Houston. Blanda was then rushed hard and threw low on a pass attempt, and then Dan Birdwell batted down a Blanda pass to force a punting situation. From the Oakland four, the Raiders' offense ate up three minutes and 43 seconds off the clock with Clem Daniels carrying the ball six times in eight plays. It was on that sixth carry that Daniels carried the ball off the right end for a gain of three yards that gave him the 1963 AFL single-season rushing record of 1,099 yards, surpassing Buffalo's Cookie Gilcrest's old record by three yards set in 1962. After this awesome 52-49 victory, the Raiders gathered inside their locker room to listen to the San Diego-Denver game. If Denver won the game, it would have forced a tie for the Western Division title between the Raiders and Chargers, with both teams finishing with 10-4 records. And seeing that the Raiders swept the season series from the Chargers, that meant the Raiders would win the division and earn the right to play for the AFL Championship against the Boston Patriots. The Chargers were leading 33-20 in the third quarter, and many players on the Raiders felt they still had a chance to claim the division title. However, one person in the room felt differently, and that was Al Davis, who did not think the two-win Denver Broncos could pull off a comeback against such a dominant San Diego team. Davis was right, as the Chargers eventually ran away with the game 58-20 to and then went on to win the AFL championship over Boston. Davis did not feel bad over the Raiders' great season ending one game shy of a championship bid. Look at what he accomplished in just one year, from 1-12 to 10-4. Amazing job, Mr. Davis. Absolutely amazing. And even more amazing was the fact that the 1963 season proved to be the foundation on which the Raiders' 20-plus years of dominance began. Now, getting back to this incredible game and our incredible Raiders. Tom Flores completed 17 out of 29 pass attempts for a whopping 407 yards and six touchdowns. His yardage through the air tied Flores for fourth place all-time in the AFL record books, and his six touchdown passes fell one shy of Blanda's league record. Art Powell caught 10 passes for 247 yards and four touchdowns to turn in the greatest day for a receiver in Raiders team history. His four touchdown receptions set a new AFL record, and his 10 receptions allowed Powell to finish in second place in the AFL record books behind Houston's Charlie Hennigan, who caught 13 passes in a game in 1961. When not lighting up the skies over Oakland with passes, the Raiders' ground attack was in excellent hands thanks to Clem Daniels, who liked to run off tackle and wide. 
Well, those types of runs paid off well for the all-league halfback as he carried the ball 22 times for 158 yards and also caught two passes for 76 yards and one touchdown. As mentioned earlier, Clem Daniels finished the season with a then-AFL single-season rushing record of 1,099 yards. And in doing so, he also became the first Raiders running back in team history to break the 1,000-yard barrier. And for his efforts in breaking the league rushing record, his teammates awarded Daniels the game ball. Other American Football League records set in this game were 101 combined points scored and 14 touchdowns and 14 extra points. The Raiders set a total yardage record of 588 yards on 57 plays, breaking Houston's total of 582 yards set in a 1961 game against Denver. And combined, the Raiders and Oilers set a new record of 1,063 total yards, and Flores and Blanda set a record with a combined 749 yards passing. Houston's Bobby Janicek set a single-game record with eight kickoff returns, and his 240 yards gained on those returns also set a new record. And his 45 kickoff returns in a single season established a new mark as well. And finally, the combined 18 kickoff returns in this game also set a new record. Wow, what a game, and what a team our Raiders are. And with that, we come to the end of another episode of Silver and Black Flashback. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And until we get back together once again, I proudly salute all of my silver and black brothers and sisters by saying the words I live by each and every day. And they are, love you, Raider Nation. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.